0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing this morning, Jay?
1: Great, Michael. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. Awesome. I have a busy day today already. The phone is ringing as we as we hit the record button. The phone starts <laughs> ringing already. Jesus, mine
1: too. Yep.
0: Um. So. Show topic for today. I think let's just kind of wing it. Let's totally fly by the seat of our pants on this. Um,
1: well, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's so many things we could we could talk about. You know, in this new music business that we're uh, we're facing, um, there are some obvious things going on. You know, SoundCloud. You know, there's rumors that um, it's going to be sold here quickly, and we could talk for a moment about what that might mean and. And also this last week there were some earnings calls, you know, from Apple, Twitter, uh, Sirius XM, some of those things. And, you know, there, there was a – you know, it was a busy, busy uh, kind of news week. It was, it, we might was, want to talk was, about some was, of those yeah, things. Yeah,
0: it was kind of a business week, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, hey, we're both Apple geeks. We don't deny that. I was pleasantly surprised by Apple's earnings call, and I think um, Wall Street and many other people were – um, I think it, it it was kind of interesting. the 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 one article I read was, um, yes, the earnings were above what Wall Street had, was expecting,
1: projecting, yeah,
0: which was great. But the projections were already knocked down based on the fact that their sales are diminishing. So they they haven't turned around the the sales curve they've just beat the lower projection that was given to them.
1: Yeah, and you know, you you that's what you're judged by. So they did beat the projections, you know, their revenues up 19%, you know, that's really good. I think the the stories that I was reading that I thought were really interesting was, you know, the the app app store is still growing in leaps and bounds, even though digital downloads are falling quickly as people move to streaming, you know, still there's there's quite a bit going on with, you know, with the App Store. And also, you know, a lot of Apple services like, you know, iCloud and AppleCare and, you know, those are still growing. You know, what I love about Apple is that, you know, they're not a one trick pony. You know, if, uh, you know, when Mac started kind of slowing down in sales, you know, there was the iPod, when that slowed down, there was the iPhone, and then that starts slowing down, there's the iPad. I mean, there's, they tend to be pretty nimble at kind of moving their, their core business around. And right now, it looks like a lot of it's coming from the cloud, you know, a lot of it's still coming from iPhone. And like I just mentioned, you know, iTunes isn't the you know, the cash generator maybe that it once was. But it's still selling music. It's still meaningful. Um, but, you know, Apple Music is growing, you know, very, very quickly.
0: Yeah, you know, you're right. Apple's got a lot of revenue streams out there, a lot of places where revenue can come in. But what what I'm feeling lately is all many of these revenue streams are also um, – for lack of a better description, only fifty percent developed. You know, uh, you know, yeah. iCloud. I, I, I mean, how long has iCloud been around? And it seems like every year it's getting fixed, retooled, relaunched, redone. And I can tell you from my personal experience. Yeah, I have an iCloud account. It's gets like minimal use. It 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 doesn't in my opinion, stand a chance competing against the people like Dropbox. Um, Sure. And and I just feel like Apple has got something great there. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think they figured out what they got, how to make it work best, and how to get it out there. It's one of those things where just because you make iCloud available in the operating system doesn't mean people adopt it. You know, right. It's be- very
1: utilitarian, right? I mean, you've got your photos and you, it's great when you turn it on and you can look at your photos uh, on your desktop, on your laptop, on your iPhone, your iPad, whatever, from any computer. That, you know, those kinds of cloud But but but, but you know what? Things, I mean, I don't you know, I I I've, I
0: I've actually given up completely on Apple Photos. I I've completely really? switched over to Google Photos. I you yeah. know, because I Is don't Is that because of the it's because of
1: the number of photos. the numbers
0: of photos I have, the multiple libraries I would have on my Apple photos, and I don't want all that stuff stored on my local device. and I don't want to pay for extra storage, and Google Photos gives you free storage of unlimited photos out there, and they're instantly accessible on every single device you've got. Yeah, it works. It works beautifully, and I've I've moved everything over to that. Um, you know, I think there's 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 definitely part of the Apple ego of hey, we're Apple. You're using our system. Use Apple Photos because we built it in, and it's a but. it's not a better system. It sometimes other people figure out how to out Apple. Apple.
1: Yeah and and I think it's evolving too Michael. I mean I think that you know like iTunes Match in its day was a really cool thing I thought. And then, you know, um, Amazon, Amazon's got this cool thing that, you know, when you buy a CD that you have the digital music put into your locker. And in fact, for the last, you know, whatever, 10 years, you know, CDs that you've bought, even it goes, ones you yeah, bought for gifts. goes back and gives them to you. And And, and that's kind of cool. But I think all of that stuff's kind of being pushed aside because with subscription services – you know, and now with, you know, iTunes kind of matching on the subscription side, your music library, even if it was, you know, wasn't previously available, you know, on Apple Music, that's pretty compelling. And I think as people move to streaming, those other kind of things are going to be less meaningful, you know, well, like you, an iTunes match.
0: No, you're, you're totally right. But when iTunes match was first announced, they could have been groundbreaking leading the way. And they weren't. They only limited you to 25,000 songs and stuff you bought from iTunes. You can't, you, I mean, how many of us, you, me, and our listeners, have ripped years' worth of CDs into right. iTunes? All of those songs you, all, that you ripped. Apple Match wouldn't have accepted because they weren't purchased from Apple iTunes. Yeah. And and it's it's little things like that with iTunes Match. And when iCloud first came out, it didn't give you really any usable storage. And then when they did give you more usable storage, they charged you rates that were not competitive. Meanwhile, everybody else is, you know, I can get a terabyte of storage from Dropbox for 99 bucks a year. Google Drive, same way. Um, it's little things like that where you, Apple has these great products. They just kind of say, oh, it's a cool product and it could be really useful, but they've never really made it useful. If you go And Apple Music, I look at as another thing right now. It's like, yes, Apple Music is growing, and we've talked about this over the last few weeks. But it needs some work.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and they're relaunching it. And but, we'll but, see how that goes. But, but
0: even there, it's the well, two months ago you talked about relaunching and it's going to be great. Well, we're not going to see it until September. You know, it's, it's things like that where while they're doing that, the rest of the world is sneaking up and passing them by on a lot of little things that are just. It just works. It's just useful. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people have studied the Apple, not ecosystem, but the Apple attitude, the Apple, I, I, you know, their their attitude about rate creating things, keeping it simple. And when Apple first came out, that wowed everybody. Wow. One button, a, a click wheel. Oh, my God. It was just mind-blowing. Well, we're years past that, and everybody has studied that concept, and more and more people are getting to the, well, let's just keep it simple. Google Photos. Let's just keep it simple. Take a photo. It automatically syncs. And then it deletes it off of my iPhone. And it's just there. It just Yeah, works. and they'll
1: create photo albums for you. They'll create photo little videos movies, or animated GIFs. They'll remind
0: me of what photos. They'll create them for you. They do all of this great stuff, which, yeah. hey, listen, I'll, Apple Photos app is crap compared to that. So... You know, it's it's. I'm I'm glad to see Apple's earnings are up, but you know, they can't rest on their laurels
1: anymore. No, they can't. But to be fair, you know, as a photographer, I I, I use Apple Photo, you know, for my I, iPhone photos, which is you know, you, you've got that with you, right? The old joke is, what's the best camera? It's the one you have with you, right? And and that's that's the iPhone. So I take a ton of pictures with the iPhone, and you know, iPhoto has. Kind of quietly in the background over the last couple of years, started adding features, you know, like editing features and filters and things that they don't really tout too much. But there, there are a lot of features within there um, that I think are are compelling. And and I have Google Photos too, um, and and I like that. I, I originally got it because when you know, to your point earlier, Apple has a tendency to kind of start off. And then do iterations this is version 1.0 this is version 2.0 and they do improve and that's great and that's kind of the software model but you know yeah some of their pricing was uh, a little high when they launched some of the functionality was limited you know when they first launched but i do think that they do improve it's kind of like they move forward a couple of steps the competition moves forward you know it's kind of a back and forth kind of thing so I don't think they've been left in the dust, per se. I do think there's definitely issues they need to address, especially with iCloud, um, because I love it in theory. It just, you know, to your point about Dropbox, you know, why isn't there a, an inexpensive, simple way thing built in just like Dropbox? You know, um, with, you know, playlists on Apple Music, uh, right now, unless you're part of the Curator program, you can't go in and create your own, Playlists, you know, like you can on Spotify. Yep. There's certain it's, things it's, like it's, that. It's I think you're holding it back.
0: It's little, that's exactly it. it. There's little things that are important functionalities that they're not moving fast enough on. And I don't think they're being left in the dust, but they're not moving, they're not developing nearly as fast as the rest of the industry is. And, you know, good or bad, right or wrong. Things move at light speed. Tomorrow, things are completely different than they are today. And and for Apple to sit back and say, "Well, yeah, we are going to be much better," but you need to wait four months.
1: It's, yeah. um,
0: excuse me, in four months, there can be twelve other applications launched. Eleven of them die, but one of them is like, "Holy crap!" And already blows yeah, that's away. That's a long time. Blows away what you're going to, you know. One of the thing, and and listen, people are going to argue this has been available on Android and other services, but one of the things Dropbox is moving towards. So you know, Dropbox is basically a sync. It's a cloud folder, but it syncs amongst all your devices. So you have a folder up in the cloud, and that same folder is on your local computer. If you got a terabyte on your local computer, you got a terabyte of images up on the cloud. Right. You You and I could share that folder. If you you remove from one or the other, it removes. It's great from that standpoint. But how many of us have terabytes of drive storage on our local devices for stuff? I don't. I know that. So what what Dropbox is moving towards is um, the items up in the cloud are no longer mirrored locally on your local device you you'll see but remember in the old times apple had this thing called an alias yeah a file alias um that's kind of what they're getting back to is that there's going to be a file alias on your local device for that photo but the photo doesn't actually exist on your device right. if you double click to open it It quickly downloads it from the cloud because you need it then. And when you're done with it, it's back up in the cloud and it's not residing locally anymore. So all of a sudden, you're freeing up gigabytes, terabytes of potential hard drive space locally. Uh, You know, that simple concept is going to make Dropbox all that much more functional. When that hits, will iCloud already have it or is that going to be next summers developer conference yeah. enhancement that that's where i'm getting at is is you know I, you, you remember how apple always used to make their product announcements in january at macworld and number of years Moscone, ago we used yeah, to go every year number of years ago apple finally said wait a second why are we being constrained by macworld's schedule for our product announcements we'll announce whenever we want and it was sort of like duh you can be as aggressive as you want and announce in March and September and June. And right. You don't but have to wait once mind, a year. Michael,
1: back in the day, you know, Apple was hanging on by a thread, and those conventions really were, they needed them, and then it became later where that convention kind of needed Apple. Well, you know but, I mean?
0: but, you know, no, you're, you're 100% right, but I'm even talking post-iPhone. Okay. Post the iPhone launch, when thing Apple was the shit, they were still initially tying themselves into that and they finally really realized we don't have to do that you know why do you apple why why do you have to do the let's announce something in june at the at the developers conference and then we launch it publicly in september um why not announce something in i don't know may and make it available in june you know i yeah. there there's still a little Um, restrictive in in Apple's movements. You know, they're still very regimented. Um, And didn't
1: you feel like this, especially this kind of three, four-month wait uh, for the revamp of Apple Music, that seemed a little bit unusual to me because usually when they make an announcement about a new product or new software or a new upgrade to iOS... They typically come out a little bit sooner than that. Yeah, you have to wait maybe 30 days or something, but I I don't recall one where you had to wait, you know, 90 or 120 days. That seems a bit much. I'm more than
0: willing to wait if you give me really, really solid, concrete reasons to wait. Holy crap, this brand new feature is rolling out, and it's a must-have feature. But I came out of like the Apple Music launch with kind of going, well, it sounds like they're just kind of retooling. I'm not getting what's going to be wow. What's the wow factor? I'm not going to know that until they announce it in September. So there was right. s- pieces were missing there. But anyway, let's let's move on past that. One of the things I wanted to throw out, which which was announced last week, and get your opinion on it, is Deezer. Um, finally announced, went public in the U.S., so another streaming service in the U.S. market, Deezer. They've been around and available internationally for a while.
1: And done well internationally. And done
0: well, um, but they haven't been in the U.S. for, well, ever until just last week. Well.
1: they, they have been only through i think sonos and there was a sonos uh, yes yeah and i think there was a, a a mobile uh company i don't know off the top of my head but that 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 you could get uh get it through but you're absolutely right i mean it wasn't broadly available um in the us i first became aware of deezer um when i was working at the warner music group uh you know 4 or 5 years ago um because they had invested into deezer and I'd never heard of them before, so I started kind of looking through the decks and kind of learning about what you know they were uh, what they were up to. And so I've kind of followed them, you know. And I'm really anxious to kind of go in. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't, you know, um, signed up yet to kind of get in and kick the tires. And I'll certainly do that, and we can talk about it more on an upcoming show. But I, I can tell you that. Um, they seem like a very smart company and one that's continued to grow um, internationally with some very stiff competition, you know. Because Spotify, you know, came out of the um, Nordics and is, is was first in the space and is very popular, but Deezer continued to grow even with that crowded space. So um, they're doing something right.
0: They are, but I, you know. Uh, so they've got a free 30-day trial. I signed up last week. I went in, downloaded it, took a quick look around, and and, and I got to tell you, I kind of left going. Why? Yeah. Why? Too
1: late to you the mean, game. Wh- yeah, why, yeah, like it's why, so why, crowded. Why, why, why
0: do I? What? Why do nobody gave me a reason? Solid reason why I need to use Deezer.
1: Yeah. And yeah, what, you know, what differentiates them from, from everybody else? From
0: everybody else. I mean, it's it's it was already a crowded market, and it just got more crowded. And when that happens, you need to differentiate yourself from everybody who's already out there. You need to tell me why I need to stick with Deezer, why I need to replace somebody else with Deezer. And I just I left my, I've still got the free trial, but I left my initial. Kicking the tires experience going, okay. It's another streaming service.
1: Why? I think you're right. I think it has to be a differentiator. Whether it's curation, you you see, you know, Apple's really making leaps and bounds towards um, their curation, uh, and Spotify is is certainly good at that as well. I think if, if Deezer were to kind of take a bite out of you know this business. And, and look, there's a lot of space for growth, right? I mean, there's still a lot of people who aren't on a streaming service or they're on a free version of a streaming service or they're one of the you know 70 million Pandora customers that aren't paying. So I, there, there's still a lot of room in the market. It's, it's not like the game is over, but I agree with you. I think that in order for Deezer to get a foothold in the U.S., they're going to have to have something that makes people, you know, that wow factor. Whether it's aesthetics, whether it's curation, whether it's, uh, you know, integration with socials. Something
0: we never, we never, we as in the consumer, never even imagined we'd want to do with streaming music. That's what it's coming down to. Because right now, why do I need another catalog of 30 million songs that I can stream here and download and say it's like, I've already got that. Now maybe you've got a few little bells and whistles that might be nicer or UI's UI a little different, but that's not worth making a committed switch. It's not worth saying I'm going to spend twice the amount of money to use you and somebody else. Yeah. You know, that I think in this space now, it's you're either going to exist because of market size that you have or yeah. you're going to exist because you've created something that we didn't realize we needed and wanted in streaming that we go yeah. holy shit that is the way this is you know remember when we were talking about all voice control i don't know come out with the 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 service that is no bells and whistles. The app is one button that launches, and it just listens to you talk. Yeah,
1: you put it in your car, and you you just talk to it and tell you tell it what to do. You know what this reminds me of a little bit is um, that service Quello. Now they yes. entered this. You know, there's Netflix and Hulu, and there's all sorts of these places on on your smart TV or on the web. There's tons of places where you can go and watch quote unquote content. You know, Amazon Prime, whatever. What Quello did, which I thought was really cool, is first of all, their pricing was really low. And second of all, they focused on music documentaries and concerts. And they went after kind of a niche area. And their subscriptions are growing in leaps and bounds because people feel like, you know, for $3 a month, yeah, you know, I'll put that on there. You know, there's some concerts on there I can't see anywhere else. Oh, they've got that new whatever documentary. And I, I like the way that they're thinking. Instead of trying to compete, you know, with some of these larger streaming services, and maybe that's something that a, a Deezer or one of their competitors will do. And I'm not saying you should only do heavy metal or only do jazz, but find something that differentiates you from your competition.
0: Yeah, yeah that's that's what you have to do because, um, you know, I'm pretty sure at the end of my 30 days, I'll I will cancel Deezer. I don't need Deezer. Uh, there's just no reason for it um and i don't know how many people are going to sign up to begin with you know so
1: i'm not seeing any marketing um saw, at all the only I, way i know about saw an announcement in the
0: press. press release that said deezer's yeah. in the us and i was like oh right. really i forgot all about deezer so
1: but if you're joe customer and you read the newspaper and go deezer's in the us you're like what the hell is deezer what the hell is a you deezer know, you know they need um some kind of a marketing a push, even if it's just online, that shows, you know, how cool the service is and gives a compelling reason why somebody should go in and try it.
0: That's one of my pet peeves, not just with streaming services, but all of the, the great new cutting edge, groundbreaking, use whatever descriptive you want, music technology companies that come out every week. You've got to use us because, okay, great but you know your competitor is Facebook or your competitor is Apple or you know your competitor is Spotify, but we've got better, we do this, do this. Great. How are you going to tell the billion people on Facebook to come over to you? How are they going to hear about you? How are you going to convince yeah. the Apple users that they need to use your product instead of Apple's product, the Spotify users to use your, your streaming service instead of theirs?
1: Right. right. I think at this stage of the game, I think in order for you to to really get a foothold, you're not going to come in a, into this crowded market and, and take a piece away from these large players without something compelling. Or you could do a partnership with somebody, and I'm not sure off the top of my head who that would be. Maybe it's a, a mobile provider. Maybe it's a cable provider. Maybe it's some brand, but where it's baked into what you get. You know what I mean? So yep. Deezer comes in and they say, OK, if you buy this Android phone, you know, I mean, that's a long shot because of Google. But you know what I mean? Uh, you t- t- buy this t- product. You
0: get you get it's this baked in. Yeah, exactly. I th- And and I just you've seen this, I'm sure you just see it all the time. People launch things where they just think they're going to succeed because the spec sheet is better than the existing spec sheets but they have no plan on how to tell people that they've got a better product they just think it, they yeah. just think people will find us because we are a better product we if you we do we, it, they will come. we are a better community than facebook therefore you need to come here well how are you going to tell people you have a better community well it's going mm-hmm. to happen virally how are you going to tell people you have a better community mhm um I see it all the time, and and when they don't have an answer to that, I pretty much just like, okay, talk to me in six months if you're still here.
1: Yeah, how many times have you been sitting at the table and tech companies will come and they'll pitch you their idea, and you know half the time they're just not fully thought through, they're not fully baked a lot of folks want to be in the music business it may seem sexy to them or they they'll come to you know uh bands that you've worked with you know pe- people like kiss where they get pitches all the time and people will throw these decks at them and and they're like how does this help my brand how does this help me i see how this helps you
0: yeah I, and and i do use that as an example many times i'll tell tell these companies they're like Well, we've got this great product. It's a great tool. It's going to help you with this. It's going to do this. The band is going to want to use this. And I'm like, okay, this is great. What's what's it take to get involved? Well, there's a setup fee of $10,000. And I'm like, let's stop right there. You have to pay the artist to use your service. Well, wait a second. That's not our business model. That's not my problem. That's the reality of wanting to get an artist to do something. They will not pay you to use your tool. You pay Ever. them to use your tool so you can use their name to generate more business from other people.
1: Right. There's a value attached to that. Yes. A, so a huge value.
0: You come in and you put down $50,000, artist a will use your service for the next year. if 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 they really do believe it's a good service and you pay them, they'll use it. that's the way it works.
1: yeah. i'm a big believer in coming up with things that people will want to talk about. a good example right now, you know, the country's been taken over by pokemon go. and you know, i've got a couple of, you know, teenage kids and and they're into it. Um, we were coming back from Comic-Con this week and we pulled over to get something to eat and there was a park across from the restaurant and it looked like zombies. There was literally, and I'm not exaggerating, there were like 50 people walking around. Like They look like zombies and they're like playing this game. And look, I'm not making fun of the game. I think it's great. It's getting people outside and walking around and meeting people and good for that. But what I, the reason I bring it up is it rose above the crowd of all these games that you know, hundreds, if if not thousands of these g- top games that, why did they rise up to the top? Well, they were different. They were compelling. It was fun, you know. And before you come, you know, it, before Deezer comes to the United States or before you come to my my band asking for them to, you know, promote your product, come with something that's compelling and different and exciting and gets people talking about it. You can't go online now without finding, Pokemon Go and the press and socials and websites everywhere because it's it it gets people talking.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it, it goes all the way back to a client comes to me and says, I want to do a press release. Okay, great. What's your story? I'm releasing a new album. What's your story? Nobody gives a crap. How are you going to raise rise above all of the noise out there? A new album does not rise above all of the noise that's out there. What about this album is the story? What about you is the story? You have to, you meaning bands, musicians, artists, companies, streaming services, startups. Yeah, you've got to find something that's going to put you above that noise. A great song means nothing. A great product means nothing um we just discussed this on uh, on the most recent episode of three sides of the coin which will drop next week but you know we were talking about classic songs not a classic sound but what makes a classic song and at the end of the day it might not be the best song it might not be the most It might not be a song that sounds the most like what you want an artist to say, but it's the song that has risen above everything else because of other factors. Those factors are usually marketing,
1: promotion. there's a story behind it. There's a
0: story behind it. Therefore, what it it comes down to is there's a lot of, quote, classic songs out there that will never be classic songs because nobody's ever heard them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You
0: you can have the best song on your album, and if nobody ever hears it, it's not a great song. Sorry, yeah. it's it's not great. Nobody's heard yeah. it. Yeah. How do you get people to hear it? You have to look at what's going on, and you have to put yourself out there. And how do I make more noise? How do I get above? How do I differentiate? How do I find a niche? A great yeah. product, a great streaming service, a great song on its own isn't enough. It's important. No, you need, that. You it's need important, that story. But it's not the only thing that matters.
1: Yeah, what I tell clients sometimes is, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the publicity people. So let's say you work for a magazine, a newspaper, radio station, whatever it is, you're looking for, pardon the expression, content. You're looking for something new and exciting all the time. You're looking for something that you can talk about, write about. So if you're an artist you need to have a story that they give them something to talk about give them something you know like when cheap trick started out they didn't really have much of a story so if you look at the you know the inner sleeve of their first album they just made one up <laughs> they just made yeah. it up and put it on there but there's there's something to be said for you know, having a great narrative, a great story to go along with, whether it's Deezer, whether it's your new album, if you have a compelling story, then people will talk about it. Then it will get on television. Then it will get in newspapers and magazines and online. It's that story that drives it. Yeah, it has to be a good song, but to your point, some of the greatest classic songs aren't necessarily the best work of that artist.
0: Yeah, well, by all means. By all means. If you ask, the hardcore fan base most of them would say that is not you know I'll, let's use kiss as an example beth is a classic kiss song it's a classic rock song it's risen above the noise the crowd it's probably one of the songs most kiss fans would say do i have to listen to this again it is not the best song it does it's not the best representation of the band doesn't matter it rose no. above
1: it yeah, they're rose doing commercials above. with it in there now it's compelling it's like cheap tricks i want you to want me you know that was arguably you know maybe next to the flame you know their their biggest hit and it's not one of their best songs and you and- know, it was a-
0: and 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 that's actually There was a look,
1: story behind it. The let, whole Budokan thing and beating disco when everything on the radio was disco and that was kind of the first rock thing to kinda of chip away at it and there was a, a whole narrative uh, about that.
0: And, and and I was gonna say to the to the example of Beth, I mean at the time when Beth came out in seventy six, KISS was, you know, blood spitting, demon loud, boisterous in your dangerous. face, dangerous rock and roll. When all of a sudden this single comes out, that sounds like a love song for a wedding, mm-hmm. and that in itself is the story for that single because it got everybody to go, holy crap! That's those four guys doing that. Yeah. So, what is the story? What's yeah? You know, going back to Deezer, it's like Deezer, you better tell me really quickly why I need to. Not cancel my
1: membership in thirty days. Yeah, I mean, is all the money you make going to charity? Are you, do you have music that nobody else could ever get? Are you tying in with a, a SoundCloud or something so everything that's I mean, there what, is on what, your what, service? What, one, one of What's their going on?
0: One of their selling points was, well, we've got podcasts. We bought Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so what? So what? And get podcasts on Stitcher. I don't need to. Stitcher's free. Yeah. So I can go right to Stitcher and get them. Oh, I can go to Apple iTunes and get my podcast, too. So, okay, that's not a selling point,
1: teaser. YouTube, anywhere. I mean, there's millions not. of places to get. If they were the only place or one of the only places to get it, that would be compelling. But I, I'll i have to go in and kick the tires and, and see what's going on under the hood. But, you know, they need marketing and they need a differentiator.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, You want to do a quick one more story
1: sure what do you want to chat about
0: Um, you mentioned something about SoundCloud
1: Yeah, SoundCloud um, I read is and it's not confirmed yet but it's been it was on Bloomberg it's been on some other you know reputable uh, websites that they are up for sale for a billion dollars I know that there have been some issues and and you and I have talked about their failed attempt at a, a streaming service um, SoundCloud at its core is such a great thing, and I don't think they – maybe they had to do the streaming service for investment purposes or to stay in the game, but clearly they've been hemorrhaging cash, and uh, it looks so like is there, maybe is they'll any, be bought.
0: Is there any mentions of rumored interests of who might buy them?
1: It didn't say. Um, but they had it. Did the article did say that they've been having trouble over the last year finding a buyer?
0: Well, um, I would, and I would, I would think that would be the case. I think that company's got a lot of legal mess. There's a lot of copyright issues, a lot of rights issues, and a buyer doesn't want to see major record labels lining up to sue a company,
1: yeah, and then yeah. buy it
0: and buy the lawsuits. Yeah. So.
1: I think they need to go back to their core business. But the problem
0: there is if they go back to their core business, which, again, I, I agree with you. I think their core business is great. It's spot on. It works. But how do they do that and prevent copyrighted material from being uploaded? That's yeah. what's killing them is that people would just upload a copyright, a copyright song and you go stream it there. And, you know, the labels rightfully so were like, uh, hey, you can't do that for free. It's giving away right. music, right? So it's the same
1: thing with YouTube, right? Um, it's the DMCA, it's yeah. the whack-a-mole. Um, you you pull things down. I use a company called MSI with a couple of my uh, my clients that they find all of these you know videos on YouTube or pseudo videos that aren't supposed to be there. Uh, send a cease and desist, they pull them down. But it, it's it's crazy. It's whack-a-mole. Next month. They're up under a different name, or it's somebody else, and it's the same thing with SoundCloud. I think if they were to be bought by Google, you know, and maybe had the protection that uh, YouTube has, that might help them to survive. Um, but as a standalone, you know, they're going to have to deal you know, with the labels.
0: So, so talking about potential buyers, I could see that as being a a good fit. Yeah, Google's got YouTube. YouTube is the video version of SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. So why not In a lot have, of ways it is. why not put the complimentary audio version into your portfolio as well? Um I would be more worried about a major label buying SoundCloud or a consortium of labels to buying SoundCloud. If that happens, uh it's it's days over. Turn out yeah. the lights. You know, they're just going to try and turn it into a completely, let's monetize this as a streaming service. And as we just talked about with Deezer, you don't need that. Um, I mean, who else would be an interesting fit?
1: Spotify? Well, Spotify maybe. Um, you know, an Amazon or an Apple um, aren't uh, out of the question. I think one of the things that's valuable about SoundCloud is from an A and R perspective, you yeah. know. So I can see labels either investing in it or, you know, getting a piece of it because, you know, if you talk to A and R people, you know, they watch SoundCloud very carefully as well as, you know, a lot of other things um, because, you know, there are a lot of tastemakers there. There's a lot of talented people whose music pre getting signed by a label or being discovered. But, They're there. but
0: but if one label buys SoundCloud, that pretty much dilutes the ability of this to be a pure play tastemaker.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know if it I, would be valuable to one label.
0: And and uh, you know, can you could you get a bunch of labels together to agree on doing something together? Not quickly. <laughs>
1: Not quickly. No, but you could if you if it was purchased, say, by a music group with a distribution company, you know, whether that's uh, Universal that has Caroline and EMI or, you know, um, maybe Sony that has R.E.D. And, you know, there, that might be a play because then you're not talking about one label with its own specialty. You're talking about many different labels, many different but, genres. But you're still
0: talking about a label group that mm-hmm. that at the end of the day can start playing behind the scenes politics to omit anybody related to a different label group. Um you know, I I, I guess I would love to see SoundCloud stay in a situation where it's quote not music industry related where it was purchased
1: you know well, let me ask you this what about vivo that's you know owned by universal sony others what about a consortium of like soundcloud being being owned kind of like vivo so things are monetized and but yet it's anybody can but, be on the platform
0: yeah but see the thing is In my opinion, for SoundCloud to stay true to what it was, what it needs to be, that's pure indie. It can't, the monetization makes that very difficult. You know, how do you monetize something but yet let the people run wild and post what they want? You know, you're going to have to, you're going to put, walled gardens up and gates to get through and you know controls on things it feels to me again uh, I think the one surprise could be Amazon I think Amazon always continues to surprise people and I one just a quick comment I bet we'll be surprised when they launch their streaming service I have a feeling they're going to have some interesting wow factors to their streaming service just because they have other things they can attach to it.
1: Right. If you've looked at their track record over the last five years, that's what they've done, and and I've worked very closely with them. Their product launches, some have failed, some have, you know, like the phone, some have done very well, you know, like the Echo, but they're looking at it to win, and they're looking at it to differentiate themselves from everybody else, and uh, you can count on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but back to SoundCloud uh you know the youtube mo- the YouTube model is Soundcloud with just video added to it, yeah what if you know they just picked up and dropped Soundcloud into basically the same ecosystem? yeah, you can upload anything you want, you can monetize it, we'll throw Google audio ads over, at, you know, before and after your content. You can share in that revenue. We've already got that revenue sharing system in place through the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the U- YouTube still has the very Wild West feel to it, very uncontrolled, but yet it still has enough copyright restrictions on it to make it a pain in the ass at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could pick up that same fingerprinting technology that scans for audio, because that's what it's doing. It's not scanning for the, it's not looking at the video in YouTube. It's looking, it's listening to the audio fingerprint. Yep. Boy, you could do the same, the same technology they already own. That's already doing it. How many millions of times a day, throw that on top of SoundCloud and okay. You can filter out a big chunk of the copyright stuff that shouldn't be there. Or just like YouTube does. Sure. You can put it up there copyright holder says you're allowed to do that, but guess what the copyright holder is going to monetize that
1: Yeah, piece just of like audio, on the YouTube hundred
0: percent for themselves so go yeah. for it
1: yeah I could see this also being dropped into you know YouTube red you know to try to differentiate YouTube red from the other streaming services well or it, Google it, play
0: it, YouTube Red, you're right would be great because okay now you join YouTube red and you get an ad free version of SoundCloud. yeah. You don't have exactly. to listen to the ads that we drop in place. Yeah. You know, the more the you know, the more I'm thinking about that, it's like geez, that just makes perfect sense. Drop SoundCloud. which means it'll it never Google, happen. It'll never happen because or, it makes or, too much sense. Or, or Google will buy it, but it'll be one of these things that again, like Google's notorious for, gets 50% integrated, and then they move on to their next squirrel.
1: Squirrel let's Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: SoundCloud lives over here and keeps doing what it needs to do, but it didn't quite get finished.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's it'll interesting. be interesting to see. That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, that was a good just. Yeah, that it was in a in nice the discussion. The news this week. Current events. So you got any comments on what we talked about? Just leave them on YouTube. Leave them on iTunes. Leave them on Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to us. And Until next week, we're
1: out of here. Bye.